Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Tommy, how are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm good. Yes. It's funny when I when I have someone on the podcast that you see so much in the media, it's um it's like I I feel like I already know you, but you're probably thinking <laughs> who the hell's Chris Frawl? I get a lot of people say that. I feel yes. like I know you. I feel like I know you because I've followed it all. Do you get stopped a lot in public? I do, yeah, I do. And and it's positive. It's all positive, really. Do you know, like you'll see the snippets online, you'll see the little confrontations sometimes, um, but the vast, vast majority is. And strangely enough, actually with Muslims as well, uh, the vast majority, especially nowadays, is not like, I haven't had much grief. Even when I'm walking about, I get, all right, Tommy, all right, Tommy, bruv. Mm. It's, it's strange, man. I get some of them, I said some of them, I had some big Muslim, I mean, a big guy, come up to me in Luton Town Centre, he go, and, he, and he, he come walking over, I thought, here we go. He goes, Tommy, come here. And he put his hand out. And he shook my hand. He goes, I don't like you, yeah, but I respect. I said, what? He goes, I respect you, stand by what you say, and you mean what you say. He goes, I disagree with everything. He goes, but I'll shake your hand on that. And that, so, I, and the vast majority, which I've actually realised as well, is the, the vast majority, they are so. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you must have been the most misrepresented guy in this island's history. <laughs> Because you don't have an issue issue with Muslims. This podcast, I'll just say it now for friends at home, we love all people. But loving all people and recognising that there's an agenda going on, not just this country, on this planet, if we think what, what's gone on, gone on this last 24 months. Um, you know, we could get deeper into this with names like BlackRock and Vanguard. Um, you know, when you when when you realize that two corporations have leading shares in stocks in every single country com- company on the stock market, then um, yeah, you get a, a quite an alarming view view of life. Life, I'd say, Tommy. Do you know what I mean? An awakening. Yeah. An yeah. Awakening. And um, yeah, an awakening view. And and, and while you want, it's like I th- I think most Muslims. In the early days, young Muslims were have been aggressive to me. But to be honest, if I was a young Muslim and, and, and the person that I'm painted to be by the media, I'd have a problem. If I was the person I'm represented as, I'd challenge me. Um, but many Muslims who listen to me probably think, okay, well, he's right. Yeah? But my, my view on Islam is, which is what I talk about, and I always try and separate Muslims from Islam. I've got an opinion on Islam. I speak about the scripture of Islam, and I speak about the problems that Islam will bring. Yeah? If I opposed Christianity and I'd done that, everyone would celebrate it. Yeah? And they, I certainly would not be called a racist. So I don't believe that any ideology should be given a protected status from criticism, least of all in Great Britain and least of all with the problems that stem from it. So we should be open to talk about those problems without everyone taking it as, I hate all Muslims because I'm saying this. Because I certainly don't. So many of the people I've met growing up and I love them have been Muslims. Um, that's not it. And yeah, that's it. Man. But when, while you're on... For corporations, I think there's a is the world, uh, the who are having their, or the World Economic Forum are having their moment now in Davos, which is watching this the first day. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have been awakened over COVID. And you talk about the, uh, you talk about the agenda. Um, I generally now sit in a different place than where I sat 
what my problem is with the politicians who are allowing and facilitating mm. and what we're currently seeing now is i generally view now that this has been done on purpose to cause mass division to make sure that we're fragmented into different groups because if they take our freedoms they take the muslims freedom. if they take the black people's freedoms they take the white people's freedoms but the way they've divided it all and all of these organizations that promote the division such as black lives matter um they've all come in and everyone's in you're either gay you're straight you're, you're all these different groups and you're all fragmenting and, and arguing with each other whilst these corporations are planning the next 30 years ahead of how they can enslave every one of us um so yeah i've shifted my way of thinking a lot into the threat of communism marxism sort of accelerated far 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 in front because if we don't have freedom of speech which they're taking if we don't have these freedoms then we're in no position to tackle anything mm -hmm. so yeah my, my um i actually i was chatting to some muslims the other day and i said i actually see muslims will end up being our probably our, our ally in our battle now against the lgq plus uh, agenda of sexualization of children in many of these issues and when i say that i'm not against lgbt rights uh, i'm actually pro gay rights i'd stand with the gay community against any oppression all of these things are happening within the education system i believe that is the agenda yeah that the, there's a worldwide agenda but this is the agenda to sexualize children the agenda to feminize men the agenda to weaken the family the agenda to break the family they want the state to control and bring up the children not my children you're not and um and that's what they want and that's what and that is a a mass organized concert uh, effort that and planned and that's what i think this whole refugee crisis and all of the migrants it's all planned as i sit and watch it and think this isn't a mess you took out gaddafi knowing you'd open the gates of europe you had to take out gaddafi to open the gates of europe because he was preventing the mass flood into europe um everything they'd done they knew what would happen and whether it be the um, the clintons or the obamas or, or all of this global cabal um it is terrifying and, and when you wake up to that i hope many people are waking up to it and seeing that the people now who are called conspiracy theorists yeah they're thinking i'm not conspiracy theorists people who are now called far right or they're called extremists yeah that's what we've been putting up with for 15 years okay we're not far right we're not extremists we're just ordinary people seeing wrongs talking about them and then facing the backlash of the global global corporate media who are working for the interests of the mass corporations the mass corporations and these organizations want open borders and they will attack anyone who goes against it because the purpose of the one world government and the control of one world can't come into place while you have strong nationalism while you have strong identity so they're planned on breaking it mate you just <laughs> you nailed it in a one <laughs> yes breaking it and there's little fuckers like us who are sitting there going no you're not we're not allowing this excuse my language there <laughs> no it's fine it's fine but it's incredible because like some of us have been on this let's just say since certain events uh, that may or may not taken a place in America 20 years ago, cough, cough. It was a lonely place to be back then because you couldn't, you know, lean over your garden fence and say, oh, you, you realize that they're saying this, but you know, there's, there's like another story going on here. Now it's like, you're almost the odd one out if you don't know all this. <laughs> you know if you're not up they, still, on... they still want to convince you you're mad so the, the people who are talking sane the people who are talking sensible are the ones who are massively attacked as these conspiracy nut jobs and lunatics and then all the people can attacking you so if i have people who talk to me i'll say what's in the vaccine 
what is the vaccine? Who's behind it? What are the side? They don't know anything about any of these things. Yeah, I think have you researched any of it? What about the corporations behind it? What about Pfizer? What have they done in the past? What's their flaws? What's their problems? Yeah, what have they done wrong? What have they done morally wrong? What, what have they done? And, and these people have not researched anything. Most of them who are just screaming the media's narrative and listening to the media. But I think it's quite encouraging. It's a bad state of affairs we're in, but it's encouraging how many people have been awakened because as you say now most people say they want you to believe it's a minority but i think a lot of people are awake to what's currently happening and they're digging and they're learning they're listening which is why the likes of myself have been totally deleted from society and and not just myself when you say it was a lonely place it, even when i started talking about islam it was a lonely place it was literally no one else was there no one else was warning about these issues but there's lots now there's lots now but one by one They've been deleted and all the people now who are speaking out against Big Pharma, you'll all be gone next 24 months. You'll be gone from the major social companies that, 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 from Big Tech because Big Tech are part of the organised. And, um, and that's why it's so important for groups like this. this is, I'm wearing a T-shirt for Getter. Um, this isn't the, the delivery of grocery called Get Here, in it? Uh, someone say, you're working for that grocery company? I said, no. this is now where people can find me. It's on a new social media free speech app called Getter where I can have a voice and a Think we've managed to get up to 200,000 followers and that will simply the future will be these platforms if you want to have a free and open dialogue about current circumstances yeah as far as the podcast has gone we're, we're like the we're like one of the only truth channels still left and it it's because i've literally learned to talk about things without actually talking about them it's mad no. isn't it? don't mention that don't mention that yeah. don't say words. i say you know this thing that's go this nonsense that's going on Everyone knows what you mean immediately. You don't have to say any of the, like, the key words and all this sort of stuff. But Tommy, our friends at home probably don't realize that. I mean, I use search engines every day, not, not back when I was a writer. You're doing a lot of research, but obviously in recent times, there's always a lot of stuff. People probably don't realize that these big tech companies physically write into their software to block areas of information. So you could probably type into, say, Google, Tommy, you get a few suggestions come up. Tommy R, there's less. As well, you'll, only get, you'll only get, I've, I've tried it myself, and it was terrifying for me when I realised this, because I thought the next generation, that part of the national curriculum now is they get, that in every school across the country, they, they, they talk about me, because I've had, my friend's kids has had issues. Pictures of me appeared at my children's school, where they're talking about far-right extremists, and they're telling the children, the next generation of children, I'm the bad guy. Yeah? And then, and then I, you used to be able to go on YouTube, but when I had social media, I could counteract those stories with the truth. Now you can't even find me. So if you type in on YouTube, Tommy Robinson, every, the first full page of the front will be negative appraisals of me done by corporate media or people attacking me. And for me, that's worrying because most people who remember my videos when I was going viral every week or, or every month going viral with mass millions and millions of views, they know what I'm about. They've listened to what I'm about. But as we go through the generations, they'll be getting told what to think, which they are. They're being told what to think. I'm, I'm glad, hopefully, a, a resistance to that usually comes from in questioning. Um, and I hope that continues. It, is, it was worrying for me when I realised, Jesus, people are just being told now. They're being told who I am without me even yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. I've come, I've come to the realisation at the grand old age of 52 that we're all part of the universe, right? We are the universe experiencing itself in these separate bodies, Tommy and, and Chris, but 
you think about it, we are exactly the same matter, your matter, our matter. We're held together at a certain vibrating frequency. And so if your universe, Tommy, and I'm universe, it's in our best interest to get on. It's in my best interest when Tommy does well, I'm like, good effort, mate, because actually you're like another version of me. And and I, I, I'd hope you'd think the same for me. But what these clowns have done is because they control the education system, because they control the media, because they control Hollywood, because they control the music industry, they've got everybody on this like lifelong downer thinking that rather than we're this beautiful universe, we've always been here, we'll always be here, in, albeit in different form, that no, we're this, right, I'm a left-wing, gay, Rastafarian, lesbian, pot smoker, or I'm a, I'm a this, or I'm a that. And, and what it's done is instead of um, creating equality, it's just creating division because now you wear your difference, like, on your arm, you know, I'm this, I'm this, and this. Um, they, don't, they don't want you to get, which is the purpose of it. They, mm. they don't want you to get on and they don't want a united front. Um, I'd say breakdown. When you, if, if we take Black Lives Matter again, and I'll, I'll go to Black Lives Matter to look at this. Yeah, I believe in the 1960s, 80% of black children in the United States had a mother and a father in the household. 80, 80%. Now it's 20%. Yeah? We keep hearing a lot about racism. This is the true racism. Yeah? This is organised. Planned Parenthood, the breakdown of the family, the encouragement to live separately to your husband. Yeah? All of these, rather than encouraging a family unit, a strong family unit, because they know the art, they know it's hard to destroy a strong family. Yeah? It's hard to get in the mind of the children of a strong family. Take the father away. Yeah? And I had this, for example, I went, when I come out and I went on a bit of an angry rant, probably played my part in division yeah, about Black Lives Matter because I was very angry about what I saw when the war memorial was attacked in the UK, in London. Now, and then, and then I held my hands up and I said, listen, because I'm not against black people at all, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to debate anyone on this issue. I was invited to Brixton. I went to Brixton, I, I was scared, yeah, I was worried because I got invited and I looked up the, the, the man who had invited me and he was a top known gangster of Brixton, yeah, but, but a very strong believer known as a gang, very strong believer in free. So I went along and it was a room of about 80, um, pretty much everyone was black, and I sat there to argue my point on black lives. And I explained and I asked, I said like, a, an organization called OFB, they're a rap gang in London, have put a hit out against me to be killed. Yeah? So I, I'd never heard of OFB, I'd never heard of them. So I looked up who they are, they're a gang from Tottenham. Yeah? And then I looked up and started researching, I've seen that they've murdered five black men. I said, so this gang who are angry with me about Black Lives Matter have actually took away the lives of five black men, yeah? but yet they're screaming at me. And they're screaming at me and everything's about racism. And then they went through one of their songs, which has had five million views. Yeah? And it's about stabbing, shooting, selling crack and heroin and killing. Yeah? And I tried to, I, I said, you're all, everyone here is fight, wants to fight against racism. Yeah? Do you want to know the problem? Why there's so much black on black violence? Do you want to know why the problem that 10% of London which is black, are responsible for 70% of the robberies. Yeah? I respond, and I went through the statistics and the facts about whether it be robbery, sexual assault. I said, you could blame poverty because that is partly responsible, but why is there poverty? Yeah? And it's purposely done to the black community in the United States and to the black community because they broke your family. Yeah? The Black Lives Matter organization that you're supporting, that all of you say you feel part of, on their website, their goal is to break the nuclear of the family. 
That's their website. It's set up by two black lesbians, yeah, and they're Marxists, and they're planning to destroy your families because when they take your father away, which they're doing, yeah, you then have a single parent brought up with kids. So who do these kids grow up looking up to and respecting? OFB, the rap gangs talking about shooting and maiming and blood and all, and all these gang violence, yeah. So the kids aspire to that rather than aspire to a fatherly figure who's showing them the right path of life. And that benefits because you've got a guaranteed prison system and the corporations who control all that as well are guaranteed to make their money off of these young kids who have no future. And all of it, I said, well, so I, 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 don't, I will sit here and listen to you argue about racism, but if you don't want to talk about the music culture, which is destroying the generation of your children, yeah, then I'm, I'm sorry, I find it so hypocritical. You want to talk about race, but you don't want to tell dads they need to be good parents. You don't want to say, dad, you need to be part of your child's life, yeah? or else this is what's going to happen. So whilst I hear, and, and I believe, so when I say the Democrat Party in the United States, you talk about slavery, you're still on plantation so long as you're supporting that group, and that group still have you reliant on the state. They don't want you to believe you can be successful. They don't want you to aspire, okay? Under Donald Trump, people are realizing that the black, the black community can aspire. They don't want that for you. They don't want it. And I, and I said, you labeling me as racist, I'd fight with you to protect and, and to stop this system doing this. But the system that's doing it, the organization Black Lives Matter is part of that system. It's had you go out and riot and burn and 30 more people have been killed in riots across the United States under false pretense, under lies. It's not to say you haven't got a, a totally justified grievance to historical problems that have happened, but to reignite these now and to divide you into this and this and to introduce the political mindset into our football stadiums to make sure that people are divided. Do you support Black Lives Matter? Don't you? Is it right? You've just caused anarchy. And it's got nothing to do about bringing us together. It's purposely organized to separate us. And that's why I've been so frustrated with that, because you try and talk about it, boom, I face a massive backlash for it, massive. And it's just, it's just like, look, just research. George Soros is the man behind it. Just research who these people are and research what their goals are. And they want you to be radicalized. They want you to be angry. And they want you to, which is now a mass, a mass attack and a radicalization and attack against white straight men which is you you're a mess i went through again i'm going off on one now i went through the statistics and the figures and said do any of you actually realize we're told that britain is institutionally racist the british public black people get found not guilty by a jury at a higher percentage than white people in in our country okay children who are on free school meals the, the lowest i think is eight percent of white children on free school meals do not go to university it's upwards of 30 or 40% in the minority sections. Yeah? If you want to talk about institutional racism that's, carrying, that's, that's currently going out, it's directed at white working class children. That's not, not to deny that there are problems of racism, et cetera, yeah? but to simply just attack, attack. And many of the reasons I think, even when I'm looking through the, the McPherson report in London's policing and the, the accusations of institutional racism, racism within the police is what's resulted in the police having their hands tied behind their back. Uh, and it's what's resulted in many police officers standing by and watching young girls raped because of the fear of being branded racist. It's gone full 360. So the problems that needed addressing within policing, within communities, have gone so far the other way now that it's actually an attack. That's how I see it. Yeah, folks have been indoctrinated into, into thinking if you take a stance on this, then you're racist, aren't you? And, 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 and it, it's so oversimplified. Um, so uh, um, I'd help all of them. I'd, I'd, I'd help all of them. Yeah, Britain can help all of them. Creating when, when it was going on in Syria, like when it was going on in Syria. But again, that was our government causing the problem in Syria. 
it was actually our funding and the American government who was funding ISIS. It was them who were trying to overthrow Assad, like you're trying to overthrow Putin now. It's our foreign policy and our purpose foreign policy, which is done to destroy other nations. And that's what I've seen happening and just, I'm sickened by our government. I'm sickened by the use of our military and putting them in, the, in these places. And uh, I think many people are, and the, those that are against Donald Trump are then lambasted and attacked. And then you have these all these corporations who want war. They're happy with what's going on in Ukraine. In fact, they instigated it since 2004. Okay, so, and now they, now they create this big thing where everyone has to be pro-Ukraine. Everyone has to be pro-Ukraine. So when your taxes go up, when, it, when you can't eat, when everything is rising, you can't actually speak out because you've already been put in this bubble of being pro-Ukraine. Whereas really we should be saying stop the war, stop, stop sending weapons, stop supporting the war, yeah? which is what you're doing. Um, you instigated it since 2004. You, I say, I believe it's to do with the European Union's expansion um, mm -hmm. and their attacks. And they, they've done that against any previous, because they want Ukraine as part of European Union. And they want Ukraine to join NATO and they want all of them. So, yeah. Yes. Do you know these liberals, I think, most of them is, most of them, so their motive is, and I had this, and they're a total liberal, so naive. You have no idea. And I get it. You want to help. And that's what it's about. You're a love, you are a love, wonderful person, but you're a naive. Okay. <laughs> and that's where we're at. People, like you say, people are generally kind hearted, but if you've been through the university system, it's so heavily slanted to, to, to liberalism that you, you don't realize when you're in it. And I, I spent, you know, I, I did a degree and at the end, I got that inquiry minor. I was just like, this, this isn't. Many of them aren't, can't, many of the people planning it, pushing it for their Marxism. To bring in Marxism, they need to destroy the system. Defund the police. Why do you think they want to defund the police? They want total anarchy. So when they replace capitalism, as again, Black Lives Matter, they want to bring down capitalism. What's that got to do with Black Lives Matter? They want to bring down capitalism. How do they bring it down? How are you going to break it? Anarchy. How are you going to create anarchy? Riots. How are you going to do that? Defund the police. Uh, make sure everyone's angry with the, with the, with, with the police. We're through lies as well, because most of, statistic, most of the things they're promoting is lies about the police, especially about British police, um, and the statistics to do with racism, et cetera. But yeah, so many of the organisers and, and in universities, I think professors, it's 80, 80% plus are, are left-wing, and, the, and they have, the Marxist idea has infiltrated our education system across the globe, especially in the United States and Britain, and they know that to get into the minds of the youth. But how many, how many times do you see now these purple-haired, Pearsons all over, non-binary, trans, lesbian, Muslim teachers. <laughs> I've seen all these videos all the time. Why are you teaching? Why are you trying to talk to young children about sexual things? Why are you trying to talk to them? Well, what does it matter about gay straight at the age of five or six? What does any non-binary, all these different genders, they're getting into the children and they, and they use the education. And many people go to university. I said, we had, I'll, 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 we had a Stockholm, the Stockholm bomber. I don't know if you remember the man who blew himself up in Stockholm. He was an Iraqi come from Sweden, left Sweden, an innocent, peaceful Muslim, come to Luton, study at the university, and he went back a suicide. They're everywhere. The mindsets where if it's not Islam radicalizing university, they're coming out of staunch Marxism. People used to worry about their children getting hooked on drinking drugs. Now you need to be more concerned they're going to come out of revolutionists for communism or they're going to come out of terrorists. Yeah, Tommy, if I, if I may, I'm just going to say this again for, one, for the sake of the podcast. Um, it's like this. I don't have an issue with anyone anywhere. I've, I've lived, worked and traveled in 85 countries on all seven continents. I've met loads of beautiful people all over, over the planet. Cultures are different yet. Yeah, that's just 
the way thing is. My, my issue is that I recognise this is an agenda to destroy the cradle of Europe, and it, and it, and it. Sorry, folks, it fucking is. And if you haven't, if you haven't recognised it, it's because you haven't done the research. This whole thing to destroy people to set now. You don't lean across the garden fence to have a chat with your neighbour. You you peer over the garden fence to see if you can grasp the fucker up for having a barbecue with more than three people. You know, you even you football stadiums, even the football stadiums are promoting grassing at, at, at Liverpool. Well, maybe they're talking about is selling and, and grass on on fellow support. Yeah, all agenda. It's all it's all agenda, and that like you say, they bomb the hell out of North Africa. They bomb the hell out of the Middle East. Where are those going to, you know, people going to go? Um, all head to Europe. All head to Europe. We should be asking a question: Why, why, why is this mess purposely been been created? Why has this been orchestrated? And um, that's my thing. You know, I'm a father, and I see an enemy out there for my boy. Right? I, I see it clear as day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of their MOs is division. It's division and it's to stop us realising our, I don't know what you call it, Tommy, sovereign being under the universe, that we're all born perfect, we're all born beautiful, don't have to labour yourself. You know, people should be encouraged to accept themselves as they are, how they feel, not not being pushed to take freaking hormone tablets at 10 years old or chop, chop bits off their body when they're at, you know, just break down the yeah, Tommy. Let's talk about something a bit bloody. You know, this is. I'm. I'm so honoured you've come on the podcast, mate. You know, and and uh, there's a lot I'd like to ask you. First off, how do you deal with the stress? Because that must be insane. For for for. I mean, yeah. I. I uh, before just before we go into the stress, um, Roman Abramovich sanctioned because a company that he owned sold steel, some weapons in Russia. Yemen, Saudi Arabia has been bombing Yemen for years. Schools every day, killing kids every day, Saudi Arabia. Our government send all of the weapons to Saudi Arabia to do it. Yeah? The hypocrisy in what we're witnessing. Saudi Arabia, a regime that has no freedom, no freedom, kills you. If you, yeah? if you leave Islam, you're murdered. But we're all talking about Putin as this mad bad guy. What about these guys you're in bed with? The hypocrisy for all of it. What current? I just look and think. Oh, leave me alone. The footballers. We get on that. You go into Qatar. Now you take our national football team to Qatar. You want to get on your knees at Wembley Stadium and talk about oppression. Six and a half thousand migrants have died building those stadiums in Qatar. Six and a half thousand slaves in 2020 to 2000 have died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you want to moan and get on your knees about historical abuse? The abuse is happening right now. Yeah. It's happening. You've got slavery out there. You, what about gay English fans who want to go watch the football in Qatar? We're well, going to tell them not to be gay because they'll get executed. They'll get killed. It's punishable by death. Yeah? Yet, is Gareth Southgate going to lead the woke mob about that? Because he was all woke in the Euros when it's easy to be woke. Yeah? You want to stick your rainbow flag in the, in the football. How many of our footballers are going to walk out with rainbow flags in Qatar? None of you. Yeah? None of you. Uh, why are you even going out there? Like If Gareth Southgate, I don't mind if you want to be pro-black, that matter, and you want to really stand on these issues, then stand on them. Okay, don't stand on them when it's easy to stand on them. Stand on them through everything. If you're against slavery, you're against modern slavery in Qatar. If you're against slavery, you're against the slavery of our daughters in every town and city, including Rotherham, Telford, across this country. Speak about all of it, yeah? Don't just go with the wind and get down because everyone's clapping you for being pro-Black Lives Matter. If you're against oppression, stand against all oppression. 
starting with guitar in the Euros. Do not if if he has any, if he's not a hypocrite, yeah, and and the rest of the football team aren't, then don't go. You, you want to make a stand, make a stand against what's going on out there, against the oppression of women and the rest. of them. But anyway, now we get onto the stress because that just stressed me out thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about what you've done to football in England with your Marxist getting on your knee crap. You've made so many people fall out of love with it. You've divided so many families. Yeah. You've only, you've only got to see someone on their knee wearing a certain uh, uh, accoutrement on their foot and you just think, where the fuck did the proud proud English male go? You know, where... Over there in the corner getting called a racist and a bigot for not agreeing with it. He's having his life destro destroyed or he's losing his job for saying something. Mm. But where, yeah. how, do I, how do I deal with stress, mate? That's a... Um, I, I think I've dealt with it all right, considering the amount I've had. But at times I've been lower than low. I've been in dark places. I think I've probably gone through a mental breakdown that's la that lasted years. Still, um, the only thing I know to hit back. If I stopped, then they've won. If I allow it, to, I talk about when, when I went to jail. I went to. I've been in ten prisons, and I like to think I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. If if someone wants to have a pop with me, um, and all men would like to say they don't get scared. But walking walking into a jail, yeah. I'm Tommy Robinson. Prisons are controlled. I went into jail on a misdemeanor, a, a financial irregularity, for example. My brother-in-law said he had more on a self-certification mortgage form. And he worked for my, he, had, he was doing an apprenticeship for my company at the time. So they managed to lock me up on that for 18 months. The mortgage company, so he bought a house. He sold a house a year later. Mortgage company were paid back. Five years later, they come and nick us all because <laughs> he lied about how much he earned. And what they then say is because he lied about how much he earned, the money he made from selling the house because it went up in value when he done it up is then the proceeds of crime. And then they come after me for 125 grand for me. They just decided to hit me for that. Not him, uh, not me. My wife, my ex-wife had seven properties at the time, yeah? when, when we were 25. All had straight mortgages. She didn't have nothing against me, but they'd done family members and tax and all this crap. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So I, I end up in, for this misdemeanor, which is a non-violent crime, of a piece of paper. I ended up doing 18 months and get transferred to Maxim's Woodhill Prison. And six months before this, I was in the Old Bailey and there was a court case. And six Muslims got sentenced to 25 to 30 years. They got caught with guns, IDs and suicide notes on the way to kill us. So I'm in the Old Bailey and, I'm, I'm, and, as they, and they were talking about killing the Queen as well. In their suicide notes, they wrote a, a message to the Queen. And as this happened, I, when they got sentenced, I was like, God save the Queen. Yeah? But in front of us was about 20 big beards. Like, oh, they only let me and my cousin in. So I said, we had our backs to the wall. And I said, when they get sentenced, what can I do that's not going to be contemptible? Well, we're in there. And they're threatening. So God save the queen. Yeah? Mate, the place erupted. We all turned around. We had our feet up against the wall. There's like 20 jihadis all coming at us. All the police have rushed in, into the court. And I remember reading um, a journalist's report on that day. And he said, listen, like, he basically said he doesn't like me. He doesn't agree with what I stand for. He goes, but he's just watched a court case of men be sentenced to 25 to 30 years in jail who were intent on murdering him. And he stood up and screamed, God save the Queen at the end. And I was thinking, yes, that's what I wanted in the paper. Yeah. But, um, but that's all gone off. So I then get sent, they get sent to jail. I get sent to prison. Um, I then get sent to prison and I get taken to my legal meeting with my solicitor. And I look across, boom, boom, boom. It's all like clear windows. They look like they've seen a ghost. It's them. It's all the ones who were sentenced. I'm sitting there six months later thinking, geez, I was laughing at you all six months ago. Then I, I just went, oh, God, <laughs> I'm in jail. And, and these lot are in here. And I'm looking across thinking, oh, no. And, and when, you, when I get to each prison, what they say is, you need protection. 
if you ask for protection, I'll never ask for protection, I'd rather die than ask. If you ask for protection, you get put with paedophile. So I said, I don't need protection for what I stand. But you as a prison should have a duty to keep me safe as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. They put me in Woodhill Prison. I, I walk in, the, I'm on the first night centre. So you spend about three, four days there. They call it first night. And there's a Muslim lad there, a couple of them. And I walk in, I say, well, you know who I am? He's like, yeah. I said, are we going to have a problem? Because if, if you want to have a problem, then we can have a problem. I've got no problem with you. I don't want a problem, but I don't want no sneaky little bastards drag me in. Let's just talk face to face. I've done it on the first day. I said, if you've got a problem. And he's like, no, I've got no problem, buff. I said, all right, I'm cool. So I carried on my day, carried on my time. Thought I'd just go with it here. And then um, next thing, a prison officer comes to my door and he's ex-Royal Marine. And he says, when they come to get you, I said, what? Goes, I'm telling you now, your life depends. So then about two hours later, door opens. It's him and two other prison officers. He said, you're going to B-Wing, son. And I ain't going nowhere, mate. And he said, and he stepped forward. He said, if you don't go, I'm going to arrest you. You'll then face punishment. Um, you'll be locked in your seat. And I, I said, all right, you do that. So he took my TV, punished me. He said, you'll have to go see the governor tomorrow. But he saved my life. Yeah? And, then, and then he comes to see me later. He said, you know where they're putting you? I said, what? He said, on B-Wing. And then the wing they're putting me is where the, where the Muslims are doing 25 to 30 years in jail. He goes, someone would have been done for corporate manslaughter. Yeah. The woman, I wrote about her in my book because I said, whose decision is it? They're putting me there and he gave me her name. So I said, whose decision is it that they're allowing me to go there? And there's no cameras on there. Yeah, so no cameras on the wing. So they do, they do, and I've done this and I've had to do this in each jail. So this has happened. I've then gone to a legal meeting with my solicitor the next day again. I've come back from the legal meeting and there's a waiting room for visitors. And they open the door. As soon as the prison officer opened the door, I knew, I'd see the beards. So I, I didn't even sit down. The doors opened, I just walked. In us, I just stood there ready, and then boom, as soon as the door was shut, whack, they all rushed on me. And I'm fighting, there's three of them battering me. I lost all my teeth in there. There's three of them battering me. As I'm getting battered, at the end, all the screws then come in. But what what probably was 60 seconds felt like 60 minutes, yeah. And at the end, I'm singing, I'm hanging on to one of them, and then uh I've seen at the end as the screws will break it up. Who's who's one of them rushing me? The little clown I went up to on the first day said, if you've got a problem, have a problem. Yeah, he's then rushing me when there's three of them. And then I get, so I, I'm then black and blue battered, yeah? And, um, and then the, the newspapers celebrated it. The headline was Tommy gets done in the sun and they're all laughing about me getting done in jail. And, uh, and, and when I say I was scared, I was, I was scared every prison I went to, but I had to go through this in each, in Peterborough, I had a court case for a racially aggravated attack that they put me on um, for defending myself against someone who was going to do me boiling hot water. So I, the knock on effect, and do you know what? So I went through those sort of circumstances in Bedford Prison. I had a riot in Peterborough Prison. It was on, tw- on a documentary on 24 hours in police custody. And when I go in there, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm on my own, man, because <clears throat> they are that influential and they run the prison that much, <clears throat> the, the Islamic gangs. <clears throat> I spoke when I come out of Woodhill. I spoke about, this has been a report come out about Woodhill and about all these different prisons where government ministers now are saying everything I said when I come out. I said, it's an ISIS training camp. It's controlled by them. They're radicalizing vulnerable people to Islam and they're bullying. And you're doing nothing to stop it. And only now, they're still not addressing it, but they're talking about it. So I had that in each jail, but the worst, people would think that was bad. I come out of those prison sentences, okay here. I come out okay. When I've done the last few, I've done 22 weeks of solitary confinement. I've done 18 weeks or 16 weeks of solitary confinement. I've done another 14 weeks of solitary confinement. And when I say like, I think I'm good company, yeah? Put me in a cell on my own. Jesus Christ. And when I'm in there for 23 and a half hours a day, seven days a week, every week for months, like I thought I was all right. And I honestly thought I was all right. And I come out of Onley and you see the picture of me before I go in and the picture of me when I come out. 
And only now I watched back recently a video of me where I was on the plane the next day because I took my kid, I was away with my kids the next day and I watched a video of me doing an interview with Tucker Colson. Like, Jesus, I weren't well, man. I really weren't well. And I, I, I come out thinking I looked well in it. And then I come home and my family are like, whoa. But I'd been, I guess, the pressure, that's the pressure. And they know you're only allowed to spend 24, uh, 28 days in social confinement in the UK. Do you know how they got around that? The legalities of it. I was in Wandsworth block solitary confinement for, no, for doing nothing. I didn't ask to go on solitary confinement. They put me on something for my own sake. So then after 28 days in Wandsworth block, they moved me to Bedford block. Then Bedford block moved me to Woodhill block. Woodhill block moved me to Wandsworth block. Wandsworth block moved me to Wayland block. So I spent months of not seeing anyone. And then I got released and it hit me like a brick. I was like, boom. And that effect, which is sort of like, I felt weak at the time to say it. It just made me a mess, a total mess. So, and that is, and, and I remember when I was in, I was in Onley and, um, and they opened my cell door. And these, are, I think it's all done yeah, like this. I know I'm a conspiracy. People say, oh, conspiracy. I'm, I'm in the cell and, and they open the door. Where's your wife? Where's my wife? I'm sat in this cell 23 hours a day. I'm, I'm in nowhere. My wife. I mean, where's, and then you know what they've done even to get me out of my cell when I was in Onley. The only time they'd get me out, my wife worked in the school. The only time they would get me out to make a phone call was between, to, to have a shower and make a phone call was between one and two. My kids are at school and my wife's at school. So now I can't speak to my kids. Okay, but part part of the importance of being in prison, the importance of rehabilitation, is to to keep a connection with your family. Yeah? I couldn't even ring them. I couldn't even I couldn't even speak to them. Then they come in and say, "Where's your Where's your wife?" I don't know. Why? Oh, we're looking for her. Uh, the police are looking for her. Um, there's intelligence. She's going to be attacked with acid. I'm like, okay, shut the door. Boom. I'm like, I'm sitting there panicking, worrying, everything. Okay, and then, and then, and then they, they knocked on her door. They knocked on her door and my mum's door and said, we have intel you're going to get done with acid. And they give them a little bit of paper of what to do if you get hit with acid. Yeah? And But in the bit of paper, it says that you cannot take law into yourself, into your own hands. You cannot get a weapon. You can't, all these things you can't do. Yeah? Um, you just have to basically wait for it to happen. Basically, that's what they were saying. But then I don't even, the sad thing is, I think, because then when I do get the phone call, the weekend, speak to the family, there's a fucking meltdown from everyone, right? So even the, even the hour you then get to use the phone is destroyed. And it's worry, it's panic, and then you're back in your cell. And I, but I, I generally think, was there a threat to throw acid in our face? Or are you playing mind games with me and you're breaking my head? Because everything I believe was done to break my head. Like I, was in, I was in HMP Hull on a, on a hospital wing that they put me on. I was fine, I was allowed out of the cell for two hours a day. I wouldn't be allowed with other prisoners, but they let me out with the prison officers who were all lovely men, ex-forces, many of them. And I'd get two hours out to walk around and talk and have a bit of interaction with people. H&B Hull has a 5% Muslim population. They then transferred me from H&B Hull to H&B Only, that has a 30 Biggest Muslim population of any CCAT prison in the country. And then when I get in there, they put me on solitary confinement on the wing. So all day I got them at my door. All day I got them. I can't open the window. During the boiling, I don't know. I know it's a hot summer, but when you sat in a cell for three hours, it was hot. So I think that the stress, the pressure of that, it had effect, and it still probably has an effect now. And uh, and I've dealt. I tried to deal with that. It caused a breakup at home. I've, I've had so many issues of of it. But um, the only thing I know is to just continue what I'm doing, which is what I'm doing now. Even even now is is a struggle telling these films I'm making. I'm making films called The Rape of Britain. Jeez, like the the knock knock on effect of just all of it and and, and the negativity in your life because it's all negative. It's all negative. Mm. Um, it's all negative for the family. My children have gone through. They've been ostracised like they should never have to. They're lovely, 
my son, when he started his school, there'd be 30 kids in the class, went to a party. At that time, he didn't know what was going on because of his age, but other parents, when I pulled them on it, they're scared. They were scared. They know there's threats to me. They know there's threats to my family. So I don't black, but then all of these things have caused, for a few years, I turned to the drink and um, at times, and I would just got on benders, but missing for days on benders at the time. Um, but then I re- and then as I got, went on, I realised that I always go by the motto, I would not surrender. I thought every time I do that, I'm surrendering. Mm. Every time. And then whether that's, that's been a battle, that's a struggle. Um, but yeah, but I'm still here and I'm still talking about it. So somewhere, somewhere, these government ministers are sitting in their head. I keep saying it, sitting going, the bastard's still here. We've cancelled him. We've deleted him off everything. But he's still going, like, yeah. I think, yeah, and I'm going to continue to. So... Mm. Get yourselves ready. What was it? What was it like when you spoke to the Oxford Union? What, what what's all that about? So I went in there when I walked in. Do you know Oxford University was the first opportunity I had to tell my side of the story. I'd led the English Defence League for five years. Every time I got a de- on an interview, they'd penalise me or slander me with something an English Defence League supporter had done. Yeah, attacked a police officer, been racist, said something online. They'd bash me with that. I never got a chance to give. This is where I've come. So I go into the Oxford University, usually when you, every, because it's such a prestigious place, it's a historical place to go talk. Everyone who gets spoken there, they, you get a free course meal and you have dinner. And you to go up. Of course I did. Probably the first person who has it. And when I went in there, when I mean they hated me, no way, no one was, shall I say I thrive on that? Do I thrive on that? I thrive on changing people's views. So if you watch me as I walked in, I'm getting screamed at from the outside. And it was a Pakistani girl, from, a girl from Pakistan, from obviously a very wealthy family, who was the host sitting on stage with me. And they told me I had 40 minutes and that's all I could have. And I prepared my speech and my speech was one hour to I knew I only had 40 minutes. I'm just going to go for now to drag me down. This is my chance. And as I was talking, I saw, saw their faces. And once I, they didn't stop me because they sat back and they were, in, they were engaged. The whole room was engaged. Mm. And at the end of it, I went from dirty looks and filthy looks to a standing ovation. Yeah? And I had all of them. The Pakistani girl said, Tommy, I, I never knew any of this. I never knew this. I've been told I'm so hey, yeah. I said, and you haven't. It. So what it was an opportunity for me to do was show people. It's the only video of me that's still on YouTube because they're probably too embarrassed to delete the prestigious Oxford University Debate Society's talk. And it's had 3 million views. And if I'll ask you now, anyone can go on there, Google Tommy Roberts Oxford Union, read the comments. For me, this is my buzz. This is my, when I read that, that's my, that's my, it's the moment that makes it worth the stress, worth the pressure, because I read how many people were awakened in, in towns like Lewis. And I kept saying to people, listen, I'm not talking about where you, I want you to take yourself into where I live so you can understand who I am. So when you understand the issues I'm talking about, it's not just random. Yeah? I'm, I want you to see what I've seen. And I, and I showed them with evidence of videos and articles and proof of what I've seen. So then they understood who I was. And once I understood who I was, even all the comments say, I never knew this man, this kid, this bloke ain't some Nazi, this bloke ain't that football thug, well, I was a football thug, but he ain't the brain dead football thug that I was told he was. Um, all these things. And I, I always say I take the, the good with the bad. Yeah? So I had, a, I had a real upbringing, a rough fit looting of the highest poverty in the UK with the ice cream. If it wasn't for my upbringing, if it wasn't for my, uh, some of the wrong choices I made as a youth, I wouldn't have stood the test I would have disappeared the first prison cell. It was due to the upper, or the poor faults in or a poor brat. Well, you think someone who was Oxford educated is going to stand for the age or be willing to, it was never going to be doctors or nurses that battle So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think I'm from a very grounded upbringing. Um, and, and, and lucky enough, I say lucky enough, I've experienced the multiculturalism. I can talk about the pros and the cons. 
I'm not just talking about something I've read on the. I remember I was I was debating a a professor, and I, and and on the debate, it's a funny debate because I said, "Where are you?" And he was in Brussels. I said, "Oh right, you're in Brussels. You're, so you're the expert on multiculturalism. Where were you brought up?" Exeter. Oh, not 99.999% English. Why? You're the expert on multiculturalism. It's like showing, telling someone to read a book on building a wall or a house and telling them to go build it. You ain't got a clue, mate. Mm. You don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and, and I think I do, yeah. So, so literally, um, the Oxford University, and, and I, felt, I felt great after it. And I, and I had the Pakistani girl say to me, she goes, Tommy, when I come to I, I, I was in Manchester, I was in the Muslim community. I had to run out of it. She because I don't cover my hair. I don't even wear hijab. And in Pakistani, many of us don't. And I'm like, really? She said, there's a massive liberal youth movement in Pakistan youth who are liberal with, don't want to wear hijabs, don't want to cover up. Yeah? He goes, we're pushing it. He goes, and I run. And after listening to you now, we understand, I get it. I said, darling, like, I said, like, I want you to have that freedom in Britain. I want Muslim girls to have freedom. If they want to get with an Englishman, let them get. Do you know, like, while you're on that, there's a little village near Luton called Barton the Clay. And when you was on about honor killings, I, think, I, I was in the village and I come out of the co-op and this woman come up to me, she said, Tommy, oh my God, I can't believe I've seen you. She said, please, please come back to my house. Yeah, it's an Asian girl. I was thinking, what? So I'm married, baby. But she said, please come back. Please, please, please. You'll understand when you come, please. And she said, I, I just live five minutes this way. So I'm like, okay. And she said, and she was in tears. Yeah? And I thought, what's going on in our house? I thought, we're going to get to our house. There's a problem with a man. I, I didn't know. And I got there and, and she opened the door and an Englishman answered. It was her husband. It was her partner. She said, Tommy, I've been, I've been hiding it. My family would kill me. For what? For falling, I was like, oh man, darling. And it was a, a moment, and, and they, they were only from a town 15 miles away. And there she is hiding. How many other girls are there like that? This is a British woman who should be enjoying British freedoms, who should not be scared. How many other how many charities and organizations are there to support people who want to leave Islam, who want to experience freedom? If it wasn't for the apostasy law of punishable by death or your whole family ostracizing you, I don't think they'd be in Islam. I think many would have found for. Yeah, we went from stress and pressure for me going off on tangents, which I always do. But. Oh, mate, it's great. It's great. I was in Singapore once and I met a local lad and we were walking past some temple and he stopped and he started to do, I'm guessing it's some Buddhist, you know, respect thing. And, wow. he, and he looked at me, he said, Chris, what religion are you? And I said, none of them. Ah, free thinker. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, I treasure that, Tommy. I treasure being free. You know, I treasure being able to, I mean, I, I, I love the scriptures, right? But you're never going to understand the scriptures if you step, if your only training has been in a church or in a this or in a that, you know, because they are not telling you the truth. They're not telling you that this is ancient text go back thousands of years, all about getting control of your ego. Um, you know, like, spirituality, like, yeah. I've got some friends who are real spiritual. Yeah, yeah. My mum's very religious, for example. My mum's very religious. Um, and I meet so many great people who are. Sikhs, for example, I've spent a lot of time with members of the Sikh community. Mate, you couldn't ask for a better, stronger, even patriotic community of migrants. I question, question everything, especially in today's society. Question everything. Question everything I say. Don't, don't, don't listen to me. Don't take what I say as gospel. Question it. Research it research things yourself so you know and, and one thing they always throw at me they act like i'm ignorant i research everything i read everything I, I haven't stopped from the first moment my eyes were opened i haven't stopped researching and that doesn't mean i'm writing everything i say but it does mean i usually come from an informed decision an informed point i've studied it yes 
well, we couldn't be having the conversation that we've had if you, you know, you, you, we all get there in the end, don't we? You know, so if you've, if you've got an inkling for freedom and that's what your number one driver is and not, not being a slave, you've got to do the research because otherwise you are a slave, you know. I think many people are aware of what's going on, but they don't want to accept what's going on. If you accept what's going on, what are you going to do about it? So rather than get to that position with yourself as a man or as a woman, I'm all right, which is what most people, I've got an all right house, I've got a mortgage, I've got bills, I'm all right. And I don't, I don't mock those people because I was one. When I started the English Defence League, I used to, why did I wear a mask and use a fake name? Because I had it, it was an all right position going forward in my life. I want to be that person speaking about it because I was aware of the consequences to it, which is why I think so many people have rallied behind me or felt part of my story or what's gone on when they've watched what's gone on. Because when they're silencing me, they know they're silencing them. And I, and I said I wasn't fearless or any of those things I was at when it started because I didn't show my face and I didn't I wasn't up the battle and when I was unmasked it sort of like threw me into it and then I and I had I was lucky enough at the time if I hadn't had my cousin by us um I'd never have done any of this if the police hadn't frozen my assets I would never have become the Tommy Robinson like figure that I'd become um I was pushed into there I was fearful and uh, people talk about courage courage comes from fear you have to be, and that's what gives it. And it's just what decision you make. You either run or you, or you stand. And I, I never would have stood if it wasn't for my, I remember my cousin Kev when we shook on hands of it. And we said, um, if we're in it, we're in it. Can't be one for it because you mm -hmm. can't, because you'll never bring up. I said, when, when it's about bringing about change, um, I think we've thought about change. I think that this defence league, I think all the brave people that joined that movement who were slandered, they weren't the vast, vast majority. Um, they brought about change. They pulled, pushed and forced the discussion on gangs of men who rape kids. They forced it. It still may be not heard of now if it wasn't for those brave people who took to the streets, many of whom were in prison, many of whom were attacked, many of whom lost their jobs. Um, they really did play a part. And it mm -hmm. got to the point, you know, they played a part and everyone's played a part and everyone can play, even just having a discussion with your neighbour, even just talking to your friends, even just posting something on Facebook. It's all, a, it's like a war of information. That's what we're in, a war of information mm -hmm. about share the information if you can share these podcasts anyone who's given a platform for truth and freedom and an alternative view are important it's important that the public watch them and support them cancel your tv license give it to other people who are actually trying to bring about and are struggling to do it so yeah i value any opportunity like this and i actually would prefer when i have people contact me will you come on the podcast and look who it is and look where they're at i'd prefer that than the bbc i feel like telling them you can look and jog on because the only reason why it's good to use them is to reach people yeah but they only have you on when they've got your stitch up on you they're not there for a true yeah, meaningful discussion yeah. they don't want a discussion <clears throat> i've done it mate i've done the three hour interview with the bbc and then they use 20 seconds of what you said and it's the complete opposite of all what you were saying in the in the three hours <laughs> narrative, narrative driven tommy who's been your best like wingman through all of this have you got a someone you can give a shout out to or, or do, do you tend to find people are not as committed as you um no there's many who are committed many and at different times it's it's not often they last but throughout the time of the english defense league it was most certainly in fact he was the, he when i was scared i remember i remember not turning up there was a court case in Luton, and it was over the soul's home having prayed kev's court case and i remember making an excuse i remember i made an excuse not to be there because i knew all the pakistanis in Luton, not they all know me and no one knew who tom robson and i knew they'd see me there and i knew the backlash but Kev, <coughs> Kev went in all head held high, man. Mm. He took part in Young British and Angry. Don't know how it was at at the time. I think Kev was about 40 at the time, but it was Young British and Angry. <coughs> he put his mm. face to it when I was too scared to put mm. Nothing would have progressed. Mm. Just without, without many people, even recently. 
um, I was in a very bad place two years ago. I spent time, I went and spent, you have to understand the time that's gone through their stories. And I was in a bad place and I took myself out of England to write this, to write this. I took myself out to concentrate on this and concentrate on myself, come to concentrate on my health. And I went away and I was training, and I was training three hours a day. I was getting myself into, um, I was working on my way. And then someone had spent time with all the research we'd done and the little videos I'd made and they put together and they sent me it and I watched it. It was one of the victim emotional. And I'd done all the research, but I hadn't got to putting the films together because I knew what was going to come. And I, I thought, am I even ready? For it? I know what's going to come. And if you, if anyone has followed my story recently, I've had these gangs at school. I, I knew all of this. I, I expected by now to be, I've been arrested again and prosecuted. And I still wonder what they're going to do because I've put episode one and two out, proving, proving all these things. I'm going to go for the council soon. It's coming. You know, I'm going to expose people who are corrupting within that council, the sexual allegations against some of them. So I, all of this is coming in the work I'm doing. I expected it when I didn't know if I was ready for it. And then this one gentleman sent me a video and he pieced it together. And it was me talking outside the old Bailey. And it's got bits of footage that I weren't even aware and hadn't even thought of. And it was me talking about my story and how important it is. And then it was showing the girls crying. And it just snapped me, man. And I was like, what am I doing? I said, because I am in a position to tell these stories. And not just in a position, but some people are relying on me to tell these stories. And then I just, I just said, right, we need to just go full steam ahead now. And I, but I was in a very... Um, I wasn't coming, I wasn't going, I wasn't doing anything. I was just, I was misty. I was, well, I'd had drama in my family. My kids had had a difficult few years. But then now I threw myself straight into it now and we're two episodes in. Um, I'm about to release this. This is my book that I worked on. Give it, uh, Tommy, give it a shout out because we'll put a link below the podcast so people can fact, grab a copy. And when your podcast come out, you can fact check me, which I will take massive satisfaction. This is my third book, okay? It's, a, it's called Silence. It's bringing my number, my first book, which is Enemy of the State. It's bringing my life story up to date from 2015 up to today with a backdrop. And it's the sort of the issues behind this. I was going to talk in this about problems I've had. I thought, you know what? I don't think it would do it justice to step in, step in here, some detail. Eh? Mm. But in this, I wanted to talk about, this is mainly the topic of being silenced and the weapon, that, what they've gone to, to, to silence me. And, and I hope, I'm confident that when this is released, even though like my first one went to number one three times with no advertising, with no campaign, with no, no bookshops, nothing. Um, they've silenced me and deleted me off all of social media since then. I just hope this goes back. This goes straight to number. If it does, it to all of those who want to silence you, because it shows there's still a massive, massive movement of people who are still digging. They're getting past Facebook media. They're finding, they're finding all the alternatives. They're on Telegram. They're listening. They're learning. They're still intrigued in these stories. And, um, and yeah, yeah, and it'll help me. So yeah. um, I'm hoping that if you can fact check it, hopefully by then it's gone to number one. And I've yeah, well, your your first book was really well written. It was a it's a really engaging read. Um, re reading's great anyway, but I'd suggest to anyone grab a copy of Tommy's, well, both Tommy's books. But um, get I, I, I hope yeah. you get a good result in the name of free speech. Um, Tommy, just a few questions maybe on a lighter note i don't know but who you, you get to meet a lot of people have have you had many celebrities that have supported you over the years uh they, they tend to they tend to you know we as we've seen the last 24 months they tend to not only bury their head in the sand but then they come out with all these cringy bloody adverts telling you you should do certain things for your children and all that and, and and all those people you're supposed to idolize you just see them for what they are. No, I've had a lot, actually. I've had some great, you know, very famous. Any, any you can name? 
don't want to name them because I don't want to ruin them. Okay. No, 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 that's cool. That's One, cool. You know, the day I went to Belmarsh, a very famous a video to my telling me I've had some, 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 some superstars who have, 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 have actually, I've another one who, who faced up. I've had lots of people, lots of people that I, that I understand. I, again, are they cowards? Um, no, like, I get where they're at with all these people. Even if you're a person sitting in your job and you're too scared to speak. And I have so many people say that I'm, I'm so angry at myself. I, 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 I want to be able to say, it. I fully get why they're not, man. Because they've got the whole of society financed up. They've got you reliant. They've got your need in your paycheck and you will lose your job. And unfortunately, that's the state of affairs we're in. But when things swing, I still believe that there will be an almighty. When they swing, they'll, it will swing so far, so quick. Yeah. And all the people, because they're massive, and felt like they've been silenced, will be screwed. And that happened in Austria. If you look what happened in Austria after the elections, um, the celebrities started talking out. You know, once it was okay to do so, once the Freedom Party had gained mass seats, but they then managed to get rid They meant that they managed to get rid of... Um, Schwarz, the main politician, they, they done a hit job on him. But at that time, I watched them, and the singers and the, the soap stars, they started talking. Yeah? And there's so many, and I know there's some high-ranking ones that sit on these big discussions, and I know certainly, and they know I know, of their views, yeah? And that they'd love to talk out, but they're not free to. So um, I don't blame them, man. I, I think when it swings, it'll swing. I think that we all have an important job and we need to make it. We, we have shifted the Overton window. The Overton window is what is politically acceptable we will get there. Yeah? It's, it's our job and it's your job and it's every person's job to shift that open window, make it acceptable to discuss the, instead of being silenced by the total tarnishing of racism, just the more people that can speak, the more of us there are, the harder it is. And Tommy, what are you doing when you're not out there on the front line? What, what do you do to relax? I'm a family man. And my, so most of it, so I go, for, I'm Tommy and then I'm Steve and I switch off like that. It's half term this week. That will go off for a week. And it has to go off for a week because if you know what it's like, it has to go off for a week. And, and I am, I, I know there's, there's a song that kept playing. It's called Mark Willis. Um, it's called, it's called Back on Earth. And I listen to the lyrics and it's my life because I feel like I'm not on earth. I feel like I'm on earth when I'm with my kids. And then, but then I go away and I have to go away. And I'll, I'll take myself, I have to take myself away quite a lot to give them a breast from the chaos. But um and people judge you or they look at you strange. But I separate from the two lives, man, and my, I'm happy. Do you hit the gym every day? I do now, yeah. I do now, yeah. So I go on and off. I'm, I'm all or nothing on everything. And if I hit the gym, I'm in a good frame of mind and it's, and it's good, for you, good for everything. So at the minute, yeah, I'm smashing the gym. Mm. In fact, this morning at six o'clock and I'll be going again in about an hour. So, because and then I've got from tomorrow, I am on episode three and four, which are very close to being finished, um, as well as I've been working on something there's a lot of trolls out there, yeah, who sit behind hidden identities um, and hidden hidden platforms. And they, people who have trolled me, yeah, I care what you say about me, but then they start, they have shifted a bit towards my family. And that's upset me, but I haven't still come after you. When you have shifted your attention to victims and children who are terrorised, um, that has overstepped the line. So your comfort of not knowing who you are is coming to an end pretty shortly. Oh, that's another project I've been working on. I've got you all that know where you are and all about you. Yeah. Um, your hidden profiles and your unmasking, and everyone's going to see you. That's a, another project. I've got lots of projects. You know, my biggest problem is is managing to fulfil it because we're we, it's, it's there's been this uh, campaign to tell everyone Tommy Robinson's a multi-millionaire, yeah, and um, and that has affected the ability for us to work. I work for a company now called Urban Scoop, and I do my journalism, my documentaries. 
we simply have that much information coming at us. We have that many stories to tell. We have that many victims coming at us. We don't have the resources. And trying to put it together and hire professional editors and get them to do the work when we don't have the facilities or the means to pay them. And so it's delaying things, delaying things, delaying things. That's been our biggest problem. This, this is such a mass problem to report. Um, and we want to make, I want to make the documentaries. I know by the end of the summer, I'll have a box set called The Rape of Britain. And then, because they managed to silence us. So the view, some people say, how many people are viewing it? Is it millions? It will be millions. Because once we've got our box set, I, we will then hit this country in major cities and towns. We'll go to Leeds, we'll go to Manchester, we'll go to Birmingham, we'll go, we'll go all over. We'll bring the box set, the movie screen to the city centre and we'll travel. That's the plan to make sure that the films and the girls' stories get the views they deserve because these, these girls should be heard by the entire country. There's been a conservative effort by governments, by police, by all of them, by media, to stifle this and to silence it. Yeah, it gets deep as well. I mean, I... All the way to the top. Yes, yes. Um, you think these vulnerable kids with learning disabilities that don't, you know, they're not all there and they're getting victimised by these gangs and they know it, it's, it's just... Do you know their level? Do you know their level? So what they've done recently is I, I had an editor and a cameraman leave um, and another high profile friend le left. And people, when they targeted me, you've, you've all seen what they've done. They've come to houses. They've come looking for me. In fact, I'm going to release a video this week where I go looking and the cowards come to my mum's house. But they're not so brave when someone's knocking at their door. They're not. So, and I've been forced to do that because the police aren't actually making arrests. So if they're going to come to my mother's house or they're going to come looking for me, you don't need to come. So I'll come and meet her. You don't need to look for me because um, I'm not I'm not a 12 year old girl. We're not 12 year old girls that you're dealing with it. But when, when I spoke to my cameramen and my team who had who had who have all left working with because they target their families, they went to their house. Tommy, on that note, brother, you've been really kind to give us so much of your time. Um, massive thank you on behalf of myself, the podcast, um, all our all our friends out there for 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 what you're doing. Uh, a lot of people can't consider the stress that this man is under that you know that when you do this kind of work tell truth you have to be prepared to lose everything and i mean everything and that's not something that many people have ever had to decide upon you know uh, it's easy to criticize from the comfort of your freaking keyboard when you're absolutely doing nothing towards the you know the rescue of these the, these children or the rescue of our children in general from this hideous agenda that that's uh, you know doesn't have any of our best interests at heart so yeah tommy once again mate ma uh, massive thank you i'll ask anyone who's watching yeah or listening uh, download get up. yeah you follow our every move you can keep up to date with the real news mm -hmm. Tommy Robinson. Tommy, just stay on the line so I can thank you properly. But to everyone at home, we'll put Tommy's uh, links below so you can grab a copy of his book, etc. Much love to you all. Please look after yourselves. Please turn off the mainstream media and let's uh, let's create a better future for the next generation. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris Thrall. Thank you.